this morning this is like in the wrong place this is like towards the end I think yeah let's see let's get this back to where we start there <laughs> moments of great faith in the Christmas story always uh, not I guess not always but usually uh, during the Christmas season I um, take time to read through the Christmas story in in scripture and, um, uh, you know, a lot of that's found in, in Luke chapter 1 and 2, uh, but you can also find it in Matthew chapters 1 and 2, and um, in, in the, they, they have some different details. We're going to look at a couple of those uh, different portions of Scripture and talk about them. And what I, I really was highlighted to me as I was reading that this year was there were, that there were these moments where we just saw great faith in, in these stories. And, and so I want to talk about that, jump right in. Um, by the way, my goal this morning is to like get through this pretty quick. I don't want to keep us here long this morning. Uh, most of you probably have plans. And uh, Christmas Eve is a, a fun day for family, and uh, we want to make sure that's important to us this morning too. But I do have some things I wanted to share, and then we're going to end with another song, and then we'll be out of here. So uh, starting in Luke chapter 1, there were lots of other places. So if you like think I missed the one that you really liked, the part that has great faith in another part of the story, I'm sorry. I just picked a few. So um, these are what I was looking at. So Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 26 says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? That's a good question. <laughs> the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Okay. This is something that really jumped out at me as I was preparing, is that Mary was chosen to carry the Christ child. She had an assignment on her life. God chose her out of every other person in all of history. And he said, you're the one who's going to come and bear the Christ child. I just think that's phenomenal. That's just to think about that. If that was, what, was, what would that be like if that was you? And all the guys are thinking, weird. Yeah, that would be a little weird. <laughs> but um, what would that be like if it were you? 
And the reality is we don't really know, but I'm so glad it was her. I'm so glad that she did it. Uh, you know, we kind of think of with God sometimes like, well, if, if, you know, he may have like, Mary may have been like his fourth or fifth choice. He asked somebody else and they said no. He's like, well, okay, go look for somebody else. And, and I just want to say that that's probably not the reality. Mary was God's first choice. She was the perfect one to bring Christ into the earth. And the same way, in the same way that that's true about her, God has been dreaming a dream about you. He's been thinking you are the perfect one to do some specific thing that he's made you for and called you to. You're the perfect one. You're made to carry him in a way that nobody else can or ever will be able to. You are called to carry Christ. Where are you called to carry him? This is the thought that I thought I'd throw in there to kind of, it's not really about great faith, but it kind of was a good idea, right? All right, moments of great faith. I saw some great faith in this story that we just read about Mary. And um, Mary displayed great faith. Mary asked in verse 34, she says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And uh, the, the, the thing is, is the answer that the angel gave her um, says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and, and will overshadow you. And, and then she said right after that, she says, let it be according to your will. Let it be done to me according to what you've said. I don't know if you if you follow this thought, but I don't think the angel really helped her out. When the angel said, this is what's going to happen. She's like, I don't know how this is going to happen. I've, I'm, I'm a virgin. And the angel tells her, and she's like, I still don't get it. Because <laughs> this has never been done before. I mean, we talk about it in hindsight, looking back, you know, these 2,000 years and think, yeah, she was destined to, to uh, you know, the immaculate conception. It's like the idea um, that's there. It's like that's something we've talked about. We've seen it. We've maybe studied it, uh, those of us who studied theology. She didn't have that. She didn't have the, the, the benefit of all of that preparation. She's like, I've never done this. I wasn't expecting this. And all of a sudden, you're telling me I'm going to have a baby, and that's not even possible because I haven't been with a man. And the angel says, well, this is what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you and he's going to overshadow you. So she's, I don't know about you, but she's like picturing it. That's how I'm picturing this. But she's like picturing, okay, so the Holy Spirit comes and it's like a shadow on me and then I'm pregnant. No, I still don't get it. It's not making sense here. Tell me again. Okay, so the Holy Spirit comes, overshadows me, and then I'm, no, I'm just not getting it. So this is a moment where she's like, uh, she's this great faith that that rises up inside of her, and she says, um, I don't get it, but I trust you. <laughs> Let it be according to your will. Let it be done to me just like you said it would be done. I'll trust you in this. I think that's that's great faith. Amen. Like I said, that's the translation. I still don't understand, but I'll trust you. All right. By the way, being pregnant in that time without a husband or without having that, 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 that going on. She was betrothed, but not yet married. That was actually a serious deal. That, that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, it's not supposed to happen these days, but it, it's not as big a deal, right? So uh, in that day, the, the, uh, the punishment for that was death. 
they would drag her into the public square and they would stone her, um, which means throwing rocks in case anyone, you're like, <laughs> what kind of punishment is that? Um, they threw rocks at her until she died. It's <laughs> making sure you all understand that little cannabis problem here. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about rocks, okay? So um, that's what would have happened. So she was like imagining, this is my situation. I'm going to be pregnant. I don't have a husband. That's not a good thing, God. But she still says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled to me. I'll trust you in this. Wow. All right, we're going to jump over to Matthew now. We're going to take a look at another story and, and talk about some great faith in this. Um, Matthew 1.18, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All right, so some moments of great faith in this story uh, that, we, that we read about Joseph. As you can see, Joseph wasn't in on the story. Uh, Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant and he hadn't already had some kind of confirmation like this was supposed to happen. Like, oh, no big deal. No, it was a big deal to him. He's like, oh, this is the one that I'm betrothed to and she's pregnant. I know what I've been doing or not been doing. So something else has been going on. She doesn't, he doesn't buy the whole Holy Spirit thing. That's what the scripture says. But Joseph didn't know about that, right? So he's, he's like doing the same thing. He's thinking, you know, she's going to be dragged to the public square and stoned. There's all these problems that could happen here. So what he decides that he's going to do is he's, gonna, he's going to divorce her quietly. Now, I'm not going to get into this too much because there's a lot to, to say here. He was actually doing something very honorable in, in how he was going to divorce her uh it was it was something that would have been looked upon as as healthy not like he was like abandoning her um but that's that's a whole other story but joseph showed some faith because we we know the story is that he had a dream and in the dream the lord speaks to him and says that mary is pregnant it's of the holy spirit this is me i'm doing this and you you can trust me in this and um and he wakes up in the morning and he decides that he's going to trust the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a big decision to make after having a dream. How many of you have had some dreams? How many of you wake up and think, bad pizza? <laughs> or how many of you think about, I mean, you ponder this dream, like, I don't know what that means. What, is, it, is it real? Was that real? Or was that just something I imagined because of the circumstances I'm in? Joseph was a real person and he had questions just like we do so when he woke up at this dream he wasn't just like oh well that settles it he was he had to he had to process this this information just like any of us would 
She's like, he's like, what? Is this, is this real or not? Was that just, is, you know, Mary said that it's the Holy Spirit, that she hasn't been with the man, but I, you know, is that really what happened? Well, that's what my dream says now. That's what this voice in my dream said. What am I going to do about it? And Joseph decided, he stepped in, he had great faith, and he said, I'm going to trust that that was the Lord. I'm going with this. He sold out to it. He wasn't like wishy-washy, like, well, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll find out the guy and I'll kill him later. You know, it wasn't that at all. He sold out to this idea that what the Lord had done is he had done something, a miracle that was powerful, that, that Mary was carrying holy seed in her womb. He sold out to it. That is great faith. I'm telling you all my points before I put them up here because I'm just not thinking, but... He believed God and not those around him. How many understand, too, that, that Joseph was now in on the story and Mary was in on the story, but not everybody else still was? They believed God even though the, the, the people around them thought something was, was funny going on. That's pretty, pretty incredible. All right. Matthew 2. Chapter one, jump into another part of the story here. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. In Bethlehem in Judea, I'm skipping a few verses there. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Okay, so how do we see some great faith here in this story? I was just, I, I was stunned at this faith because these magi that we are talking about here in this passage were not Jewish people. They were from another country. God wasn't their God. They, I mean, they, they were, they were, uh, they were wise men, which means they were studied, they were learned men. They had, they had studied uh, astrolog astrology, astronomy, uh, whichever one it is, or maybe both. They, um, they, were, they were smart guys. These guys understood uh, the things that went on in the heavens. And not only that, they understood that what was happening in the stars actually meant something. This is, uh, they, they got it. They got the picture and they knew that there was a king being born in Israel. So what they did is they, they packed their camels <laughs> and they, they set off across the desert on a journey to go and find this king. I mean, just imagine that today. I mean, like if we've got, 
you know, guys up at Microsoft are like, there's something going to be happening. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to all charter a jet and we're going to go find this king in Israel. I mean, that would take a lot of faith for them to actually do something. It'd be one thing to actually believe something's happening. It's a whole other thing to pack your camel, right? It's like when you start realizing this is going to be a journey that I'm going on to find this king that was born in Israel. Pretty powerful stuff. They left a foreign land following a star. <laughs> that's just, that's amazing. I mean, I'm watching a star and I'm, I'm like, you know what, I'm going that way. That's, that's crazy. They prepared extravagantly. They didn't get to this to to uh, Bethlehem, and all of a sudden have these gifts that were like, oh wow, we just happened to have an extra extra bunch of gold that we plan that we have. They planned that. They knew in advance that they were going to give this gift to the king. It also says they worshipped. They worshipped him. They saw the babe with his mother Mary. They worshipped a baby. I mean, that's powerful. That's a powerful picture. Uh, they, I mean, they, they, they knew that this wasn't just an ordinary child. And that, that, that's great faith that, that's displayed right there. Then they responded to this dream. Uh, it doesn't say it in the translation we read, but it says that one of them had a dream. Just imagine you with your friends, like three of you, like, you, you know, I, actually the scripture doesn't, isn't clear that there were three wise men. We sing songs like that, but that's actually probably not necessarily the reality. There may have been a, a bunch more than that. Um, but clearly there were, there were, there were three at least, but imagine yourself with a few of your friends and like one of them wakes up and they say, Hey, you know what? I had this dream last night. How many, just like with the story of Joseph, how many of you are going to go, I ain't going a different way because of your dream. Right? I mean, I'm going to change my plans because of the dream you just had. Don't think so. I think maybe you slept on the wrong side of the rock. Or, you know, hear what I'm saying? I mean, these guys had faith. Something that was happening, they actually, they believed they were a part of something and that they were responding to something bigger than themselves. There was faith that they displayed. All right, last story here. Little, another little vignette of what the Christmas story is. Uh, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. 
I don't know if you're following that whole story here, but there's a ton of, of moments where Joseph is just like immediately responding with his whole family. Like we're getting, you know, in the middle of the night, the first one says, everybody up now, let's go. I mean, I can imagine, I can imagine that, but I, I actually can't imagine my kids responding. Like, like, go back to sleep, dad, we'll go tomorrow, maybe, you know, but um, uh, luckily they only had a baby with them, right? So, uh, but regardless, this is a big decision that Joseph is making, and he's making it, again, on a dream. He wakes up in a cold sweat, maybe in the middle of the night, like, that was real. Boom, we're up. Everybody, let's go. Pack your bags, hit the camels, let's go. Or the donkey, whatever they had. Let's go. And then they get back. Um, they get, well, the same thing dies. Herod died and an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and says, go back now. The, the, the ones who are going to kill him are dead. The, the news hadn't traveled to Egypt. Joseph hadn't heard that Herod was dead. He was going on the word of the angel. I mean, these are big life decisions that Joseph is making with his family, putting his family in God's hands. They continued to live their lives with great faith. It was an adventure, hearing God and responding to his instructions. They put their future and the Christ child that they were protecting in God's hands. And they trusted that God revealed his will to them, and oftentimes through dreams. Uh, it's amazing to think about that. Because, I mean, you, I mean, just be real with me for just a minute. You know, this is a scripture story, and everyone's heard it before. You're like, well, I've heard that part before. And they got, he had the dream, the angel showed up, and they did what he, the angel said. Think about that if that was you. What would happen if it was your dream? Would you wake up with a response like Joseph? Everybody up, let's go right now. Would you direct your whole family based on what was what was happening in your dream the night before? I, I just think that it's great faith that's displayed. Do you have great faith? <laughs> Most of us are probably like thinking right now, the right answer is no. <laughs> that's, the, that's the right answer, but it's not the correct answer. All right, Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, we viewed this verse thinking that God is hard to please. He's really tough to please. It does, it's not just the average Joe that can please God. It takes great faith. It takes somebody who's willing to do the impossible to please God. And we, and we think that in the reverse, because, because it's impossible to please God without faith, that, that basically God is not pleased when we don't have faith. Like We, we look at it like an angry father. He's an angry father who's not who's displeased with us. And I, I think that there's that we're reading into the language here that's something that's not actually there. I don't think he's an angry father in the moments that we don't have faith. He's like, 
You guys are such schmucks. Can't believe you did it again. You didn't believe again. No, I think it's the actual complete opposite. I think that when God sees great faith, he's like, oh my gosh, that is so amazing. I am so pleased with what you just thought. I am so pleased with what you just did. It gives him pleasure. Maybe if we thought about it with those words instead of the idea of of whether he's pleased or displeased, it gives him great pleasure when we show up with faith. God's not hard to please. Let's take a look at that scripture again. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We bring God pleasure when we believe that he exists. That's the first thing it says. If you come to God, you must believe that he exists. How many feel really challenged at that? Sometimes. Maybe sometimes people do. This isn't, we don't usually look at this as like great faith. Like, I believe God exists today. I'm doing good. (laughs) I could walk on water, right? No, it's usually, we think that it's got to be bigger than that. Well, it starts right there. Second thing it says that we believe, we must believe that he wants to reward you for pursuing him. When we have a heart that wants to go after God, when we're believing that God's going to see that and respond to us, that's faith. When we're saying, I'm going after God, I believe in him, and I know that when I'm going after him, he's going to see my actions, he's going to see my hunger, he's going to see my desire, and he's going to respond to me. That's the pleasure that we give God. It's like when he sees us, like, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going after it. He's like, that's the kind of faith that pleases me. That's what great faith looks like. And I think that is totally possible. Where are we going here? What's next? Okay, moments of great faith. Believing God when you don't understand. This is Mary. She's like, I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how this is really going to work. It could cost me a bunch of, you know, I could be, I could be punished severely, even death. But I believe you. I don't understand, but I believe you. Believing God when the evidence is contrary. Joseph looks at the reality. He's like, that doesn't look right. But I'm going to trust God because I had a dream. Believing God when it costs you dearly. These guys spent tons to get the camel (laughs) parade across the, the caravan. That's the word I was looking for. You're really smart. Caravan. Get the <laughs> what's that? The camel parade works good for me. I don't know. I, I kind of like it better, maybe just today. Next week it'll be different. Okay, so <laughs> all right. These guys they, they they spent their time and it cost them dearly to do this. That's what faith can look like, believing God when it costs you. Believing God in everyday life. How many have an everyday life? Anyone? This is faith. When we believe God in our everyday life, like, what am I going to do today? I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to my, my job. I'm going I'm to work hard. 
Why? Because I do everything as under the Lord. Why? Because I'm a man who wants to live in integrity. I'm a man who wants to go after the things in life that are good. You don't necessarily have to see this whole master plan. Joseph didn't always get the whole story. He was like, the angel said, I'm going. So when, you, when you're doing your everyday life, if we're watching for moments when God interrupts and he's coming to speak to us and he's coming to, to give us a picture of what he's doing, we have the, the opportunity in those moments to respond with great faith. It's within your reach. That's what I wanted to, to bring out this morning is great faith is not something that was just for Mary or, or just, you know, these main characters of this huge story that, that is, is unveiled that brings about the most incredible event of all time, which is Jesus coming to this earth as a man. Obviously, the whole story through the cross and all of this other, this other stuff unfolds because of the birth. But great faith is something that you can do too. And actually, that's what God's called us each to, is to live a lifestyle of faith, faith that responds to God, faith that believes him when, when uh, you don't understand, faith that believes him when the evidence that you see it doesn't match up with what God said, faith that believes that, that you're going you're gonna to go after God even though it costs you something. We can do this. And we can live our everyday life with God, responding to him, responding to his voice. Sometimes that voice comes in, in a whisper. Sometimes it comes through a scripture we're reading. Sometimes it comes through a friend. Sometimes it comes in a crazy dream you had. But if we're living our life expecting God to show up because he's a rewarder of those who are pursuing him, who's, who are going after his, his heart, then we can live in great faith in response to God. Amen? Awesome. Why don't we uh, stand this morning? Good. These guys are smart. They knew they were supposed to come up here. I forgot to tell them. I told them I was going <laughs> to. We're going to sing a song to, to close it out here. But uh, I just want to just release just a blessing over you from, from the word. God, I just thank you for uh, the story that you showed that you have in scripture that we all can read and that we can, that we talked about this morning, the different elements and, and maybe even the elements I didn't cover. But God, we see that you use ordinary people to do extraordinary things when we respond to you, when we live lives of great faith. God, and I just, I just speak a blessing over people's hearts and their minds that they would, they would not think that living a Christian lifestyle or living a life of faith is something that's out of their reach, but they would believe, God, that, that you have actually called them to a lifestyle of, of great faith, a lifestyle of living with you day by day through, the, through the, the big parts of the story as well as just the everyday life. Lord, Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.